Hi everyone, I'm Martin Tyler. You are listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. So welcome to our first roundup of all the National League fixtures on this week's NL Full-Time for the season. It's great that they're finally underway. They've got a windfall of the government of £10 million over three months, which will be shared out amongst the clubs. Uh, joining me to discuss that is Dickie Wharton. Hiya, Dickie. Good morning, Luke. And also with us is Chris Pratt. Hi, Chris. Yeah, good morning, Luke. And it, it's great news, isn't it? I mean, we're discussing our preview podcast, but it's great news that finally the National League could get the go-ahead with the grants. Oh, no, absolutely, Luke. I mean, it was late, wasn't it? It was, it was a last-minute uh, injury time winner, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> Or at least an equaliser, maybe, uh, to keep everyone going. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it meant that journeys well, journeys for the squads could be planned, not for the fans. Uh, but it certainly meant that, uh, you know, journeys could be planned and hotel bookings could be taken up and we could kick off on time. So, yeah, thank, thank God for that, yeah. It, we're pops talking about, you know, it, it's not over-dramatising it to say that some clubs were perhaps talking about their existence being under threat if this hadn't come along um, and I know in some senses there's still a lot of uncertainty and we still don't know what the future is going to hold this is just for three months initially but you know it keeps everybody going Yeah and like you say I think the main thing as well the money will go towards travel costs some of, for some of them as well you know with some of these long trips teams like Dover who we'll get onto in a minute who are kind of teetering a little bit maybe in terms of they've got financial issues so that'll be interesting to see how that money keeps them afloat and what they can do with it um so we'll start with Dover then they probably pulled off the most surprising result of the day um in our predictions we all said that Dover would probably go down understandably I, I was looking on a Facebook group this week and Dover fans were saying that uh did take fourth bottom now I think and being in survival but what a result and uh, Notts County were literally held to ransom yesterday as Harry Ransom scored the winner against Notts County in the last minute. Yeah Luke, <laughs> absolutely. I just want to say straight off Dover fans, I haven't predicted you to go down so <laughs> I want to get that one in. Um, but um, oh, what, a, what a great result for them and uh, last minute as well, uh, well 89th minute I'm sure there was injury time to, to play there but it it just shows, I think, it just shows that anyone that is going to give anyone a game and as we go on through the scores, that's the theme through the weekend as well that uh, straight away a lot of us were being left with egg in our face, on our faces with the, uh, with the predictions that we've made for the season. Um, I think everyone would have thought that Notts County would go down there and get a result yesterday. They haven't and um, you know, fair play to Dover for, for kicking off the season and that will give them belief because there's been a lot of um, worry, understandably obviously, a lot of concern about the squad numbers there at, at, at the Crabble. And so to get off to that win in the manner that they did is, is fantastic. That's exactly what Neil Ardley said as well. He said everyone expected us to turn up and roll everyone over and uh, that's not what happened. He, he was critical of his defence. And Andy Hesitale says it's not always about money, it's about team spirit. And Harry Ransom, he got on loan from Millwall. And, and that's what Dover are going to need this year. They're going to need Hesitale to pull a few rabbits out of the hat and foster that really strong team bond and, and almost have the the world's against us mentality. Very much so. And a, and, a, and a result like the one they got yesterday gets them off to a flying start with that, doesn't it? You know, it starts... Um, 
I'm not saying that the, the dressing room would necessarily be lacking belief. It's the first day of the season. You'd hope everybody's got belief, but it just sort of helps to 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 build that um straight away. And yeah, I mean if if we are if we're left looking stupid at the end of the season, we won't be the only ones because I think everybody's a lot of people have been predicting um, difficulties for Dover this season. And you know, it, the noise is coming out of the club itself, you know, would would perhaps lead you to think that as well, but um Clearly, Andy Hessenthaler and, and his squad have got different ideas. And, uh, yeah, if they make it, make us look daft, then uh, so be it. Well, well yeah. one, like, I'm not one for, for betting odds, but the betting odds for Dover to win that game at the start of it by uh, one bookmakers was 15-4. to four. Wow. So that, that just showed what a, what a great result it was for them. Yeah, and you made a bit of a killing if you put money on that. I know Rob likes to do the whole run through the prediction, so I'll leave that to him. But I did have a quick look through and I noticed all of us on the team have predicted either Stockport County or Notts County to be champions this year. So the other predictions for the title, Stockport County, they travelled down to Torquay. And again, it was another late winner which blunted them. It was, uh, I can't say his name, Lemon Hay Evans. Um, <laughs> and it was left Stockport County feeling rather sour, Chris. <laughs> Very good, Luke. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, sounds like a band name, doesn't it? I, I think. <laughs> of uh, a band from uh, the Midwest of uh, America or something. But uh, no fair play to, to, to them. A great start for Torquay. Um, I think there were slight doubts that that game might have gone ahead a couple of hours before kickoff because of the weather. I know the weather was the same throughout the country. It was wet, it was windy, but uh, no, it went ahead on time. I think one thing that I would say about that game was that um, Torquay keeper <laughs> got the man of the match in that game. So I think sometimes that, that tells a, a little bit of a story, Andrews. He got a man of the match there yesterday. And so I think um, it seems like, from what I've read, and obviously it's difficult to, to know, but County did get the, the better of that game and they were hit by a, a last-minute um, last winner. One thing that a lot of County fans are saying, though, is uh, we always lose the first match of the season, so it's absolutely fine. <laughs> well, interesting. This- Gary jo- Sorry, I was going to say Gary Johnson said they defended like Trojans, but didn't attack like Trojans until the end, he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's a little bit, you know, whether I, we don't know, because not, I've not seen any of the game from yesterday, but we touched on expectations around Stockport County. And, you know, with, with the, the kind of investment they've made in the summer, they are a team that everybody is going to want to take down a peg or two now when they are seen as, you know, one of the clear favourites for the title teams are going to up their level against them and that's something they're going to have to get used to. Yeah, and what a squad it is. They've got two home games coming up now in the next uh, seven days to try and uh, to try and put it right. Albeit two difficult ones, but against two teams who won today. So they've got Halifax on Tuesday night and they've got uh, Dover on Saturday as well. So, um, yeah, they'll be looking to, well, I would think, get at least four points out of those two games. Because Halifax are, are, are many sort of dark horses for a good run, certainly into the playoffs this year. They started off against another team who spent well in the summer, Darren McMahon's Dagenham and, and Redbridge. I went to the reverse fixture last year, um, and that was early on in the season. I think it was Halifax's second or third home game. And again, it was a real, a real struggle. But compared to um, the two teams then, Halifax were miles ahead of Dagenham and Redbridge. A bit closer this year in terms of where they're going to be, I think. But Halifax still running out comfortable winners by the sounds of it yeah it looks that way doesn't it and um, you know crucially and we say this about every football match they scored just before half time didn't they and that uh, that straight away changes the team talk at half time it means that uh, you've got to look at how long do you stay in it before you start chasing the game 
and then they got a goal again um, through through earring um, a couple uh, about twenty odd minutes into the second half. So great win now. They're not one, an apology uh, to Halifax fans, they're not one that I put for the playoffs. And you might find that surprising, but I was reading uh, a few reports about the size of the squad. Um, they've got, they only had, uh, they were down to 16 for yesterday's, yesterday's game. They've got a few injuries. They were looking at maybe signing a, a couple of players this week, uh, late on. And whenever you see things like that, I, I always think, oh dear, right, you've, I know it's been a, a strange pre-season, possibly a well a short one or a longer one, depending on on which club that you uh, that you support. Um, so that sent a few alarm bells, and I did. I have put Dagenham Redbridge up there as one of the clubs that I think will do well this season, and um, and they travelled and, and got beat. I know that Daryl McMahon said it was a performance well below the level that we've set. He said about about the game yesterday. So I think a, a slight um, turn up. For the books because Dagenham Redbridge have had a good pre-season they've added to, added players like Paul McCallum so big name signings guys who have done well in this in this division in the past but um, you know well done to Pete Wilde we know what a good manager he is we know what a good job he did there last season and they'll certainly be looking to push for the playoffs if, if not more. One thing I noticed about Halifax as well I mean Rob touched on it last week in that National League preview which you can listen to now, if you obviously subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify, is, is a big sign of Neil Byrne coming in from Fylde. And, and Halifax defensively look strong this year, don't they? Yes, yeah, they do. And Neil Byrne, you know, is a huge sign. And there are a few um, ex-Fylde players who have, um, who have gone round and about. They have lost um, Matty Brown, who I, I think is a, a fantastic player, to York City, I think. Um, yeah, that's and right. So, uh, I think he's a big loss because whenever I've seen Halifax, he's been, you know, probably the first name on the team sheet, and um, you know, really stalwart of, of their defence. So yeah, they do look solid, and, and getting off to a clean sheet is the best way to to, to corroborate that. Yeah, well, look at the two newly promoted sides. Uh, both got off, certainly from the northern side. Sorry, first of all, uh, Wheelstone, their game was called off because of Waterloo pitch with, Ch- pitch with Chesterfield, so that didn't go. Ahead, um, Weymouth and Olchingham, they met at Moss Lane, um, and I think Weymouth will obviously be happy to get a point. But equally, Olchingham will be that glad that they're off the mark. But when you get promoted to the National League uh, or go up a higher division, you want to do well in your home games, don't you? And Olchingham will have seen that it's a newly promoted side, and they'll probably feel it's maybe two points dropped. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you're thinking about, you don't want to be thinking necessarily in terms of, you know, which are our winnable games, but I'm I'm sure the fans were probably thinking in the context of, well, you know, Weymouth have come up the same as us um, and and they'd be fancying their chances. It sounds as if um, with the amount of rain we've had over the, the, the last day or so that it really affected the pitch at, at Moss Lane uh, just having a look at some of the photographs on the report in today's non-league paper um, and yeah it's it's a dis- well it's a solid start for both of them but I would think you know both probably would have fancied their chances of, of, of collecting three points rather than just one. Yeah they both did mention the conditions both managers really and uh Phil Parkinson described it as being like a Sunday league conditions at, t- at times. Uh, it did state he was happy to come away with the points. It could have been a lot worse, but equally, I think, as I say, uh, they'll face tougher tests at home, no disrespect to Weymouth, and, and they'll probably they'll be waking up this morning maybe with a little bit of regret. 
Um, the other two, the other team who got promoted from the north, uh, Kings Lynn, they got they run the BT in front of the BT Sport cameras. They took on Yeovil and fell behind twice, but came back twice. Great spirit shown by them. Yeah, very much so, and I, and that's possibly symptomatic or, or, or evidential of the kind of spirit that we saw in in Kings Lynn in their um, taking the National League North title last season. I think it was, it was very notable that they they kept going right to the end of games. The number of times they got last minute winners or came from behind in games is indicative of a lot of belief in that squad. I know in our preview that we said perhaps that the squad wasn't perhaps the biggest, but they've maintained the, the core of the players that they had. Um, and that could be really, really important for them. And yeah, they, they twice came from behind yesterday, Dale Southwell with the first equaliser. And then that man that they um, call upon so much, Adam Marriott, getting a second equaliser with three minutes left to uh, secure them a point. Yeah, and Dickie, he came on as a substitute in that game as well. So I, I think uh, I think he started on, on the bench um, yesterday as well and it just shows the value of him doesn't it so I was surprised to see that he didn't start after what you know, an amazing performance last season but uh, he sort of showed why he should I don't know whether he's carrying a slight knock or something like that but yeah he came on and uh, and got the second goal for them yeah you can't even imagine that might be the case you know with the number of goals he scored last season if he's fully fit then then Adam Marriott is one of the first names on the team sheet you know it's it's probably not stretching it too far to say that Kings Lynn are built around getting the best out of Adam Marriott because he's he's such a good goal scorer but uh, yeah if if he's if he's going to do it from starting or if he's going to do it from coming off the bench I don't think Kingsland will mind too much No Ian Culverhouse he basically said that he turned away from the beliefs that we've we've instilled uh, in that second half of that game which is like you said Dickie is what got them through to the title last year albeit it was on PPG yeah, I think that's really important. I think that's really important for any side, to be perfectly honest, to have an identity and to have, you know, a way that you choose to go about things and to um, not stray away from that when when the going gets difficult. I think it's when the going gets difficult and people start sort of going off script that that's when things start to fall apart. But the teams that have got that mental resilience and know what they're doing and know what they're about and can stick to the plan when they have tough times are the teams that ultimately come through those tough times and um you know it's it's a it's a great start for Kingsley it's it's a big disappointment for of course that that with you know the first game of the season and live on national television that they weren't able to have any any supporters in the ground to see it but you know that's the same for everybody and um you know no lack of motivation from them they 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 that's a that's a good result yesterday against the Yeovil side I think many of us have tipped to be in the playoff picture at the end of the season yeah, Luke, can I just say on Kings Lynn, what a, you know, what a fantastic thing to see that ground, the walks. It's a fantastic ground. It's in a great location. And to see it on telly and, and not to underestimate what it takes from um, you know everyone involved in, in a club the, the size of Kings Lynn to get a production like that to, to the television screens and to accommodate all the, all the guys at, um, at BT Sport and what have you. It's, uh, you know, it's a big ask and um, you know, it, was a, it, was a great, uh, it was a great show they put on yesterday. Could you see your house, Chris? I know you used to live right next door to the ground. <laughs> no, I didn't. I missed it actually. It was it's covered by the main stand. Oh, oh there we d- go. Didn't spot the blue plaque on the wall, Chris. No, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. old bathroom or something on, on the on the, uh, the TV. Bathroom is on the back of the house. Oh, sorry. Right. Okay. 
There we go. <laughs> Guys, turned to homes under the hammer here, haven't it? Um, <laughs> I think, isn't there another blue plaque that says uh, Rob Worrell played here as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, not, he's not mentioned that he's played on that ground, has he? I don't think. He not. No. <laughs> I scored plenty of goals and, in the youth. and uh, Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, talking of Rob, he's, he's not here this week, but he did travel up to Hartlepool and un- unfortunately saw his older shot side lose out to Hartlepool United, another team for a tip to be in the playoffs this season uh, a good result for a good start for Dave Challoner and I think Rob was quite philosophical on the WhatsApp group last night wasn't he yeah he was wasn't he and uh, you know what a difficult first uh, trip of the season to go on not just because of geography and Covid and, <laughs> and all that sort of thing so it's definitely one that you wouldn't want to pick out the uh, the fixture bank and another late goal there were so many late goals yesterday and in uh, in the matches at, uh, at National League level and yeah, he was philosophical, wasn't he? And um, I think like a lot of clubs, they'll just want to put that back in the suitcase and um, and start again in the, in the next game. And uh, I think, look, I think this is a general point. This is not so much a point about this game, but with all the uncertainty going on this week and with all the, um, you know, are we going to play, are we not? Is it going to be streamed? Is it not? How are we going to get um, the fans to be able to see the game? What's going to be the mechanism to doing that? And I think that does end up affecting management teams as well. They'll try and keep themselves away from stuff like that. But, you know, the and pre-season as well, we know, um, speaking to, to managers, that uh, a lot of them aren't sure, how do I structure my pre-season? Are we definitely going to be starting on that date? And um, are we not? Might we start a couple of weeks after? And I think all that sort of stuff um, can take its toll. So a lot of clubs will be disappointed that they didn't pick up points yesterday, but also they'll be thinking, right, at least we're up and running now, and at least we've got as much certainty as you can have in this day and age that, that we're going to keep going. Another team who, uh, I must admit, I held my hands up, and I'll hold my hands up and say, I thought I think they'll struggle this year, Awoken. Uh, they faced Solihull Moors, who I didn't predict to make the playoffs this year, just because, again, as I mentioned in the previous show, the inexperience of the manager, and I'm just not... I'm just not sure on Solihull Moors. And they, they took the lead yesterday in the game against Woking, but ultimately goals from Max Kretschmar and Kane Ferdinand. I meant it was Woking who took all three points. I don't know whether we would class it as a surprise. I think perhaps it is. You know, I mean, if you're looking at the, the level of um, squad turnover that we've had at Solihull during the summer, I mean, on, it was only on Friday that they brought in Jamie Ward, the Northern Ireland international. Um, and it was actually him who got their goal yesterday. But, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great performance from Woking. I think I'm right in saying Woking is still one of the only part-time teams in the top division. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and Solihull, for their part, you know, they are fully full-time and they have they have got a very large squad as well. Um, and so, yeah, so as we're looking at it that way, then, yes, you can call that a bit of a surprising result. What I would say is um, Woking continue... To uh, to play the David uh, against Goliath in the division, don't they? And they, they got off to a flyer last season as well. I know uh, one result that stood out for you, Chris, was was Eastley. I mean, they went down to Barnet, now managed by Peter Beadle, and uh, well, it was a five star performance from them, wasn't it? Yeah, and 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 Eastley was a team that we hardly mentioned, wasn't it? At the uh, in the pre season. Um, Podcast. I mean, five different goal scorers yesterday. It was almost as as good a start as you can possibly have to the season, wasn't it? Five different goal scorers. They've got on the the sheet. 
But Ben Stremmen said that you do only get three points. I always like to see what the managers have said after these games. And Peter Beadle said that I promised people would be ready. I thought we were, but obviously we've got a bit of work to do. So that sounds a bit ominous from a Barnet point of view. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't mention it in the pre-season um, uh, preview that we did, but I think I think Peter Beadle was obviously the manager at Hereford and, and brought Hereford up, up through the divisions. But I know when they got to National League North, that's when they ran into problems. And I think there was probably expectation that Hereford were just going to continue their charge up the division. I think it was recruitment and I think it was um, not quite understanding the strength of the level that probably did for Peter Beadle at Hereford. I don't think the players he brought in were good enough to compete at National League North and then um, and and that would concern me a little bit about Barnett to say he's actually been out of the game um, since he, he left Hereford. I know he actually applied for the Hereford job again when it became available um, but yeah, I think that would concern me a little bit that, you know, if, if he if he didn't quite get the recruitment right at National League North level, is he going to be able to do it at a level higher than that when he's he's not been involved in the game so much? So, yeah, I've got my concerns about Barnett. I think that was one of the reasons I didn't put them in, in, in for playoff contention this year. Yeah, it was, it was heavily discussed on what we thought about Barnett on that on that podcast. It could, it could go either way. Um one one team it might go either way for this year, or two teams are Wrexham and Bournemouth. Can Bournemouth repeat what they did last year against a Wrexham side who had Ryan Reynolds watching them on via the live stream yesterday? I know Dean Keats joked that uh, he wondered what he was letting himself in for when he saw it was chucking it down in North Wales. But a good win for Wrexham over Bournemouth in the end. So a good a good start. For oh, I was just going to say, Luke, it must be uh, unusual for Ryan Reynolds to be on the other side of the uh, screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can just imagine him sat there in his LA mansion with a Wrexham scarf on, just watching while he drinks a <laughs> cocktail or something like that. Um, a Wrexham bubble hat, I can just see it. That's the one, yeah. And the other result <laughs> the other result in the National League was a comfortable 3-0 win by all counts for Sutton United over Maidenhead. Again, three different scorers, Omar Bugil, Craig Eastman and Callum Keeley there with the three goals to make it a good start for Matt Grayside. Let's look now at the FA Cup. Making small changes to your lifestyle could improve your chances of staying healthier longer. Start now by taking our free How Are You quiz. Just search One You. And in the FA Cup, it was the second qualifying round, which meant the National League North and South Sides came in. And uh, it's not often we get to talk about my club, Hyde United, but they entertained the, one of the favourites for the National League North. I know, again, in our predictions, it was either York or Fylde who've, who've been predicted to win the division this year. And uh, Fylde turned up. Chris was doing it for the non-league paper. We were there yesterday and we got it. We got, Let's talk about one of the biggest injustices in football, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, Luke. We can't, we can't just talk about two penalty decisions that weren't given that should have been given in the second half that could have completely changed the face of the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that um, obviously fo- focusing on, on Fylde, um, they went 2-0 up yesterday and it looked for a second. I don't know about you, Luke, but I was worried that it could be a cricket score at... Uh, at one point, but then um, Hyde came back in the game. And what I would say is that the combination of Nick Horton and Ben Tollett in midfield was, it was, they were sumptuous, uh, weren't they? They were, they were fantastic to watch. And uh, going forward, they were just finding holes all over this, all over the place. And one thing that National League North clubs are not going to be able to do is give those guys space. 
um, because they'll just they'll just run riot. Um, Question marks would, in the back though, wasn't the Chris though? Yeah, that's what I was just coming on to. At the back, they looked gettable. They they look uh, very gettable, at, and um, especially through the middle, which I was really surprised. And um, Ben Whitmore, he didn't have his best game, did he? Ben Whitmore yesterday, um, and he looked uh, it looked a bit shaky. But you've got to remember that that's the first competitive game that the National League North and South teams yesterday have been playing. So a lot of them were coming up against teams who've already played four or five competitive fixtures. So mm. I'm not sure we can read a hell of a lot into yesterday's matches. Yeah, well, I caught up with Jim Bentley to get his thoughts on the game and the season ahead. So I'm here with the file manager, Jim Bentley. And Jim, it's been a tough cup tie today, hasn't it? Very much so. You know, I said to the lads, up and down the country, FA Cup, there's always uh, upsets. There's uh, you know teams going away from home and getting smashed. And it's early season. It's it's been in different times. As I say for us to come into the game as our first competitive game this season in the FA Cup on Astro Turf, etc. So it was a tough game for us, but enjoyed to be back. Good that we can play in front of a crowd. I enjoyed that. You know, listening to the, the shouts and the crowds and a little bit of sing songs and all that's all what football's all about. But it was a good cup tie. It was competitive. It had talking points. We've, we're obviously happy because we've won. We've got four different um, four different scorers. Could have scored more. They've scored two, and they could have had a few more as well. It, it swung. It was, you know, we looked comfortable. We looked like we were going to add to our three-one lead. They had opportunities, and then suddenly they score from a, a second phase of a free kick, and then suddenly again there's a big shout for a penalty. So. There were swings and roundabouts, but at the end of the day, we've won the game. That's the most important thing, and we're in the after the next round. That must have what pleased you the most, you know, the clinicalness of your chances that you took today, especially in the first half. Yeah, I think they were good goals. I thought, um, you know, a bit elements of counter-attacking at times, a little bit of end product quality. You know, Kate Willoughby's was a very good uh, finish. You know, Ben Solis obviously come through the keeper, but always say if you don't shoot, you don't score, and he's hit it well enough, but... We had, a, we had some good movement patterns today which we were pleased with which uh, ultimately got us a few of those goals and we should have had more. The, the move for the the chance when Burke got himself into the box from, yeah. a, from a throw and he squared it to Junior Mondale yeah. for the tap and he probably should have scored himself. Yeah. That would have put the tie to bed but uh, whilst Hyde were in it they kept plugging away. They're a competitive side as I say. Watch them Tuesday. They keep going. They're, they're energetic. They press. They, they, they battle. And while it is in the balance they've got nothing to lose they've thrown balls in the box we were quite small today as a side and uh, they've scored from a corner which was poor by us uh, and they've also scored from a second phase free kick into the box as well so we had to guard against that but we got the win that's the most important thing and uh, we're pleased with some of our aspects but there's plenty more to come Big season this season as well in the National League North you'll be obviously branded as favourites you've signed Jordan Hume it's uh... It's going to be a big season for you and the pressure's going to be on, isn't it? Because you will be favourites. Of course, yeah. So I think York are the out-and-out favourites at the minute, but you know we expect to do well this season with a full-time outfit. We've got some good players. We're trying to get a few more in. We've, we've signed a couple yesterday. Uh, there'll be one or two more to come into the into the building over the next over the next coming days as well. So it is what it is. I'd rather be, you know, I've had I've had eight and a half years at Morgan where no one fancies you, and yeah. you've had all the issues of you know all the off-field problems, etc. But what we've got here is is an ambitious club that, um, you know, for whatever reason, 100% don't agree that we should have gone down. 
Um, you know, because of the points per game situation, I thought we were in good form, seven points from nine. I 100% believe that we would have stayed up with the games in hand and the teams that we had to play against. But we find ourselves at this level now, and we are one of the fancied sides. I do want to be a, a successful manager, and, and being successful, you've got to have a couple of uh, things on your CV to say that you can do it. So that's what we're looking to do and be, and be successful this season. It is a big season for us. And finally, Jim, how are you and yourself? I'm sound, yeah, I'm, I'm going about my business as normal. Um, you know, I've, I've, I don't feel any difference. I have the odd twinge here and there, but you know, I've got to go. On, I, I went in for a stent, and because of the position of my blockage that I have in, in an artery, that they couldn't put the stent in. It was, it was uh, decided that I need a bypass, so I'll be in for a bypass in a couple of weeks' time. And then after that, obviously, it's just about recovering and making sure that I do the right thing and listen to the doctors. But I've got full trust in everyone at the club. I've got a great backroom staff behind me that'll. Uh, hold it all together and whilst I'm away and hopefully when I come back we're, we're, we're doing well and we're winning games of football so that's the plan hopefully that's how it pans out for us Cheers, that'll be the hardest bit setting your hospital bed a bit listening won't oh, it, no, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. it was the hardest bit today of 3-2 and someone lunges in in the penalty box and we nearly give a penalty away you know, so uh, no, it's yeah. the game It's there's highs and lows there's emotions there's a lot of stress in football management any manager will tell you that um, it is a very, very tough, tough job but Again, it's like a drug to you. You enjoy yeah. you enjoy that responsibility. And whilst I'm out of action, as I say, I've got a good staff and who will be in, in charge. And I'll just have to make sure that uh, I don't do too too much worrying or stressing whilst I'm uh, out of action. Cheers, Jim. Best no of luck. And that was Jim Bentley. It was interesting to hear from him. He said 100% we shouldn't have gone down. If He reckons if the season had carried on, they would have stayed up, which is it's quite interesting, really. But I suppose he, is, he does have to say that in a way. Yeah, but <laughs> they are where they are, aren't they? <laughs> I guess um, as much as you know, they've got to uh, get ready for the National League North, and they've got to uh, you know they've got to focus on that one. And there are sides that have gone down in the past, and um, I'm not saying this is going to be the case with Fylde, um, and not um, mentioning any names who thought they were still National League sides, and it hasn't really worked out for them in the National League North. They've yeah. got to get down. And you've got to accept that you're going to be going to some smaller grounds on Tuesday nights and it's going to be difficult conditions and stuff. And there's that. It's, it's not like a psychologist, but there's a period of acceptance, isn't there, that, that needs to uh, that needs to happen as well. But I'll be interested. I think Fylde will do. And I think that the squad they've got is, you know, is amazing. And uh, Kurt Willoughby yesterday, he didn't do a hell of a lot, but when he did get the oh, ball... Fantastic goal. A great goal, and he nearly got another one as well. I think his amount of touches may have been 10, 15 throughout the whole game. But when he does get on the ball, he's you know he's a real threat and he will be in that division. And a real statement of intent as well, Dickie. He went out and uh, paid quite a substantial fee for Alderscombe forward Jordan Hume. And, and it does make you think whoever finishes above Fylde will be champions if, if Fylde aren't top. Yeah, I think that addition of Jordan Hume, you know, at the, the 11th hour just on Friday that signing was announced was... Um, well, you know, dealt a blow to Altrincham uh, and their hopes in the division above. I and mean, we'd only spoken about him two days earlier and, and how he allows Altrincham to, you know, vary the way they play. And then <laughs> two days later, he's gone before our podcast's pretty much even been um, uh, put out. But yeah, that that's a big loss for them. And, and it's a big plus for File because, you know, he's he's a proven goal scorer at this level. Um and and with that creativity of like say Horton and Tollett behind him, then then Fylde have got a lot of firepower. But that's interesting that you say about the the, the, the possible shakiness at the back. I think I'm sure that's something that um, any 
National League North managers watching will be uh, paying close attention to. Yeah, so basically what we said about Aldershot, just ignore on our podcast now. Because <laughs> it was all based around Jordan Heath. The other games then in the FA Cup, of course, with no replays in this. And uh, just uh, we'll just talk about a couple of the upsets first and then some of the nearly upsets and then some of the comfortable wins that we'll touch on. I mean, the one that, the, the couple that stand out, uh, one from the north, one from the south. Uh, in the south, Welling United crashed out at Sheppey. United, who we know absolutely nothing about, but uh, if you're a Welling fan, that's a bit of a head-scratcher, I suppose. Yeah, it is. You know, a, a National League South team um, at this stage of the competition wouldn't expect to be going out to um, a team from, you know, the, the level that Sheppey are at. So that's going to be a, a massive disappointment to them. Yeah, so Sheppey play in the Southern Counties East League and uh, looking at their form, they're actually, they've won every game this season. I think they've only that's and even in pre-season they only lost one game, so they are a, a form team. And like you say, if you're a, a nationally north or south team going in a bit cold against a form team like that, that these things can happen. Yeah, I think that might have been a factor with um, you know a number of these teams yesterday. I think as much as managers uh, uh, who've fallen victim to teams from a lower division would be keen not to give their team the excuse of saying, oh, well, you know, it's our first game. We've only just come out of pre-season. I don't think there's any doubt that a few of them probably were caught a bit cold by it. Yeah, at Gloucester, Gloucester City were another. I mean, we're just looking there. Then they, they played away at Christchurch. We spoke to James Rowe in our North preview podcast, and he said they've been trying to play pre-season games the last few really competitively, so they were ready for it. And... It needed a last-minute equaliser for them to uh, to take it to penalties, and but Christchurch prevailed in the end, winning four-three on penalties. Yeah, they did, and, and you know James Rowe said after the game, I, I watched his his interview on the club social media, and and you know he, his feeling was that he said if we'd played anywhere close to that, if we play anywhere close to that um, on Tuesday night when they they start their league campaign against Kettering, he says then we'll win comfortably. But um, he said we we dominated the game, but just didn't put the ball in the net. As you say, ninety third minute equaliser from Caelan Bailey. I think he's one of their new signings. Only arrived in the week. Um, but he did also pay credit to Christchurch, you know, said that, um, you know, they, they do deserve credit. They got ahead um, and I think they just made it very difficult for them. I think they, they got as many men behind the ball as possible uh, and, and Gloucester just couldn't carve out the, the kind of opportunities that they needed. So there was a couple of National League North, the National League South ties as well, really intriguing ones there at Chelmsford. They got knocked out by Kettering Town. And I know friend of the podcast, Darren, from the Claret Army podcast, was philosophical in the end. He was really impressed with Kettering, said they were an experienced side. They all know the jobs. And that's the experience that the manager, Paul Cox, has got the side he wants this year. And, and obviously, Chelmsford have gone a little bit backwards in terms of the squad that they used to have. So, uh, experience won the day in the end. Yeah, it certainly sounds that way. And, you know, we, we spoke a lot about Paul Cox and, and the job he'd done at Kettering um, last season since coming in. You know, they, they, they'd they started the, 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 the campaign horrendously, but, but Paul Cox, you know, turned them into a, a much tougher proposition. And you, you only have to look at the, the side, kind of sides that he's built in the past. Um you know, at Mansfield, obviously, where the, the, the level of investment was a lot higher, but then at Guiseley, and then, of course, he had a spell at Barrow. 
Paul Cox knows his, his way around and he, he knows what to do to make teams competitive. And yeah, I'm, I'm expecting Kettering to be um, a, a lot tougher proposition this season, let's put it that way. And the other game was Villaricky um, against Brackley and it was a, a tight affair. Jamie O'Hara going up against Kevin Wilkin and, and Jamie O'Hara nearly came out on top in the end and it needed uh, a late flurry from Brackley in the end, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Billy Ricky were uh, 2-0 up there and were 2-0 up with probably only about 10 minutes left to play. But um, Brackley uh, uh, made a couple of signings in the week. They actually signed a, a player from uh, a former Kettering player, Trey Mitford, that uh, we've just mentioned them. So that's weakened Kettering a little bit. Um, he played, but it was uh, debutant Bradley Rolt who came on off the substitute bench to score twice, including an equaliser in injury time to take that to... Uh, penalties after a 2-2 draw and then yeah Brackley prevails on penalties so uh, a, a case of so near but so far for uh, for Jamie O'Hara's Billy Ricky there. A few other games wasn't there where the National League North sides had to prevail on penalties in the end some had comfortable wins some struggled uh, most notably with Darlington at Hunter Prescott Cables they were they were pegged back twice in that game and eventually prevailed 5-4 on penalties uh, your team Telford again. They uh, they went to Chase Town and, and needed penalties as well to get through. Yeah, they did. It was um, uh, trailing to a goal right on the stroke of half time um, from Joey Butlin. I'd have to say a terrific free kick from the Chase Town number nine. Um, I think Telford's cause helped a little bit in the second half by uh, Ryan Winter being sent off for Chase Town, and then James Hardy, who looks like being a standout signing for for Telford this season, scored a terrific 83rd minute equaliser. They could have won it 90 seconds later, a shot off the crossbar, but yet yeah, it went to penalties. They held their nerve. They they bagged all five of their penalties, and uh, there was one unfortunate uh, miss from a Chase Town player. And yeah, Telford got through, but it was a struggle and. Yeah, I think as Gavin Cowan alluded to when I spoke to him afterwards, you know, that, that um, he said he felt his players got a bit of a shock, to be perfectly honest. He said, you know, whether it's because pre-season has lasted such a long time, but all of a sudden when you're in a, a competitive fixture and the tackles are actually going in for real, um, he says he, he felt his players were taken a little bit aback by it. But um, yeah, credit to them, they dug in. I mean, th- there were other National League North teams who, who weren't so lucky in penalty shootouts. Kidderminster Harry has lost, two, lost to Alva Church on penalties. They trailed twice. Twice got back into the game with goals through Sam Austin and Ashley Hemmings, but yeah, they, they they lost on a penalty shootout. And Russ Penn, someone we know very well from from being a guest on the podcast, was um, clearly disappointed. Said that you know we were very reactive rather than proactive. Was very disappointed with that, and just said we just didn't do enough to win the game. He said they didn't think we did enough to lose it, and clearly they didn't. It was two two. But when it comes down to to penalties, it it is something of a lottery. It's about technique under pressure and yeah Kidderminster's was was found to be a little bit short yesterday also Chester as well I mean that was one I kind of ringed as a possible upset there them and Whitley Bay against Blythe and both of them uh, were behind both the National League North sides were behind in that game eventually managed to draw it and eventually all both prevailed on penalties as well yeah they did and you know whether it's you know indicative of, of exactly that point that we've made earlier about this being the first game of the season and it being a cup game and you know it's I mean if it was a league game you know you you wouldn't expect to go into it um, 
and thinking, oh, well, it doesn't matter if we lose this one, but, you know, you've still got 41 games to recover. You haven't got that situation in FA Cup tie, and I think a few teams were caught a bit cold yesterday. Um, another couple of sides who went out to lower league, uh, lower-ranked sides, Leamington, they lost at home to Banbury United, and Kelvin Langmead scored the winner there for Banbury. He's, he's a player who's been around for a long time. And local yeah, Derby, Nash- that as well, isn't it? I suppose. Well, local-ish. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Not too far, not too much distance between between those two. Um, and then, yeah, Curzon Ashton against FC United of Manchester. Again, that's another one where there's not too much distance between the two sides. And, and FC UM came through that one winning 2-1. Matty Waters getting the Curzon Ashton goal to draw them level. But yeah, that ultimately wasn't enough for them. And in the South as well, there was uh, quite a few Southern teams who ended up going to penalties. Most of them prevailed, uh, most notably Braintree who uh, played Hashtag United, that was on the red button, and uh, Hashtag Lost in the end. That's, uh, that's, that hopefully that was trending on Twitter. Braintree won 7-6 on penalties, which sounds like a tennis tiebreaker there. Dulwich Hamlet, <laughs> they also won 3-1 on penalties after drawing 2-2 at Corinthian Casuals in a game which had so many tickets sold, it sold out that game, and they had to refund Dulwich fans, unfortunately, after the announcement that Step 3 um, sides couldn't host the... National League North and South fan, uh, fans, which are a bit is a bit of a stupid decision, I think. Uh, but eventually, Dulwich did win that. Chippenham also needed penalties to get past Pool Town after drawing two-two. There, a real struggle for them by all accounts. Um, Ox, uh, I'll come on to Oxford City in a minute. Also, Ebbsfleet there to the Kent Derby against Hastings United. A, a tough introduction there for their. New team and uh, eventually absolutely won four one on penalties after drawing two each, uh, two each after normal time, and uh, a couple of teams who had a bit of a, a tough games but managed to prevail in ordinary time were Oxford City. They went to Royal Wotton Bassett and were looking down the barrel there, but eventually got through. Uh, Bath City got through against Winchester. By three goals to two, Maidstone squeaked past Hendon as well. Uh, a goal to nil there. And we also had in the north, Southport had fallen behind to Morpeth, who were one of the favourites for the Northern Premier Division this year before eventually prevailing and winning by two goals to one. And there was a comfortable victory for Geisley over Atherton Collieries. And also Hereford, who we picked out, Dickie, as maybe being... Uh, an upset candidate going all the way down to Gosport Borough. Uh, they eventually prevailed by three goals to one. Uh, so a good win there for Josh Gowling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the first ones I looked for last night um, when I got in because of that. my feeling that that was a potential upset. But yeah, credit to Hereford for coming that, through that one. Um, I think in amongst the other results where we would perhaps put them in the bracket of being the expected results, um, just a couple of notables. There were two All-National League North uh, all National League North ties. Surely beat Gateshead 2-1. Spennymore won 3-1 at Bradford Park Avenue and perhaps that's maybe not quite so unexpected, but notable for the fact that um, Glenn Taylor missed two penalties for Spennymore, but then took a third one and managed to score that one. So, uh, yeah, could have had a hat-trick by the sound of things, but but had to be content with just the one. And finally, another result which has just stood out is a, an Ian Herringless Hungerford Town got absolutely smashed 4-0 at Truro City or a division below. So a bit of a surprise there as well. 
So this week, yeah, it's a full fixture list in the National Leagues across the three divisions. Chesterfield will get their season underway, all being well, against Hartlepool. Bromley, they didn't have a game. They were due to play Macclesfield. They take on Dover Athletic, looking to build on that win yesterday over Notts County. Solihull Moors play Wrexham. That'll be an intriguing game as well. And then an all-London derby between Dagenham and Barnet. In the National League North, Fylde, as we mentioned earlier, they take on Darlington, who are one of the sort of tips for the playoffs. Uh, another team who've been in and around the playoffs this year. I didn't put them in, in my predictions. Oh, Dickie, Brackley, they travelled to Telford. I just think maybe it's one season too far for Brackley maybe this year. What, in terms of, um, you know, just need something yeah. of an overhaul, are you thinking? Or? Yeah, they've had they've had the shot at the playoffs. They've not quite made it. The team's probably a year older as well. and. Yeah, I mean they have brought in some some new some new blood, so it'll be interesting to see how how Brackley go, and and certainly that core of players that they've called upon in recent seasons, and and who have done tremendously well for them. They are everybody gets a little bit older every day, don't they? And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Brackley go, and and whether you know Kevin Wilkins managed to. Um, bring in the players who will just sort of like freshen things up a bit and, and enable them to go again. But yeah, they have, they've slipped back in their progress in the playoffs in each of the last three seasons. They were lost in the playoff final and they lost in the semi-final and then they lost in the eliminators this year. So yeah, there has been a little bit of regression from Rackley. So um, it'd be interesting to see how they go. There's actually an opportunity for two or for, for somebody in the National League North to go top of the league on Monday evening because um, with Bradford Park Avenue and Curzon Ashton both playing their midweek home games on Mondays, the league season actually starts on Monday night on the 5th of October so yeah Bradford entertain Gateshead they both got knocked out of the FA Cup by other National League North sides on Saturday so um, you know a chance for them to redress the balance there and Alfreton Town travelled to Kurs and Ashton um, so yeah there was only only one winner out of those four teams but there's a nice early chance for somebody to go top of the table there. Yeah, and also other notable games in the National League North are Boston, another team we've tipped to do well. They travel to Leamington, uh, Spennymoor against Farsley, and York City against Chorley. In the National League South, Dartford take on Chelmsford, another tip for us all who are doing well this year. Steve King's Dartford. Uh, Maidstone against Welling, you'd expect maybe Maidstone to win that. St Albans against Hampton and Richmond Borough, an improved St Albans City, had a really good win in the FA Cup. They take on Hampton and Richmond Borough, who are, well, Tom's team now, but also hopefully they're hoping to get in the playoff picture. Well, that is it. Thank you very much for listening to us. Thank you, Dickie. You're very welcome, Luke. It's been uh, good to get together and actually talk about some matches for a change. Yeah, it's been good to actually get out there and have a chat and hopefully all being well. The fans can slowly be let back in and uh, they can enjoy the football once again. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Nice to be, nice to be back. It is indeed. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at NL Full Time and also subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify and then you'll get it uploaded to your device every week. Until then, keep safe, look after yourselves and uh, watch your teams on the stream so for, uh, until you're allowed back in. Until then, we'll see you all very soon. Thank you very much for listening. 